Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Time flies, doesn't it? We're well over a quarter of the way through 2022. Remember those plans and hopes we all had on January the 1st? Well, it's time for a progress report. In PR land, life seems to continue to be pretty frantic. It's a hot market at the moment, both in terms of the amount of work going through in-house teams. Agencies are as busy as ever, and the pressure for talent intensifies. That all seems kind of crazy, bearing in mind the horrific scenes we see on our television screens each night with Putin's war in Ukraine and the imminent cost of living crisis we're all about to witness in the UK. So I thought it was time to catch up with W's Warren Johnson for a PR Q1 report. Before that, just to let you know that the tickets are genuinely flying for the PR Moment Awards in London on April 28th. I've no doubt the London Awards is going to be our biggest ever event and an absolute who's who of the UK PRC. So make sure you get your ticket. Also, thanks so much to our PR Moment podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Warren, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. Good to see you. So come on in, Warren. Um, how are we seeing the PR market now that Q1 2022 is done and dusted? Uh, I think I think we're finding it pretty buoyant at the moment, um, but not without its uh, challenges. I think we're getting opportunity to do some great work. Um, our billings are you know through the roof, um, but I think there's still quite a lot of nervousness in the market. Certainly, um, the, the new business process seems longer and more protracted than it ever has been, um, which is obviously, you know, exasperating um, all of the talent problems we're all having in terms of recruiting. So just, I think I think the whole kind of resourcing game has got exponentially harder than it ever has been. And, and we always talk about that a bit. I mean, there's no, is there a, a solution or is it frankly just having to pay people a bit more? There's no one left to pay. It's a problem. <laughs> they've, all, they've all disappeared. If you ask any industry, you know, whether it's like hospitality or shipping, there's some, you know, a third of the workforce just seems to have sort of gone on holiday forever. So, um, no, there's no short term solution. I think look after the people you've got, obviously. Um, and we're looking at geographically where we can get more people um, and taking a slightly longer term view, taking on more grads. We're using our WX program to bring in, you know, big chunks of people from non-traditional backgrounds to help um, evolve our um, workforce. But there's no short term fix. I think, you know, investing at, at, at grad level training and then hoping those people stay um, building our pipeline for the next few years is really the, I think, the right solution. Bearing in mind what I said in my intro about the, the uncertainties in in the sort of geopolitical scene at the moment with Ukraine and, and the cost of living crisis, are you are you surprised that PR for the moment anyway? And I think we're probably both touching wood. Is is seems to be as robust as it is. Um, it always is. Um, I mean, I think it wasn't so long ago that we were all you know been sent home and trying to figure out how to keep our businesses going and. I think everyone, you know, everyone that was good still managed to do um, pretty well. I think, you know, in terms of the overall marketing mix, PR offers still phenomenal bang for buck. And I think, you know, over the years, we've, we've all, as comms professionals, worked our way up the, 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 the sort of pecking order and now advise, you know, the board of most of our companies. And I think that the, the advice we give is, um, I think, still really, really well priced. 
Right. Um, and how's W? Have you have you managed to continue to grow? Uh, yeah, massively. Um, not not with that few growing pains of, of just you know desperately trying to backfill roles and you know um, account wins. But no, really, really good. Um, our acquisition of Lotus um, was tremendously successful. We just completed the final buyout on that. Um, their numbers are are through the roof, and and that's still only just seeing the um, uh, travel market starting to um, expand. That's um, quite surprising, isn't it? That, that that went as well as it did. Bearing in mind they're a travel specialist firm yeah but again they had a huge amount of tourist board work which was all public sector which were long-term contracts and um it was talent you know we backed their management team led by Jules Ugo and they were really fucking good you know um really really talented and I think in this market talent supersedes anything else um and they've added value to our business as well um what's been great actually is we're seeing the return of live events we're doing a lot more experiential um and our business in uh, North America and, and APAC is really is really taking off as well so and what about the UK because that's I mean that's that's quite the, the core bit of W that you yeah know, I like is that that's gone that's done all right as well is it and always good yeah all of our I mean remember the numbers people. on it Warren what were you gonna what, where, are we, where are we up to in terms of revenues or some people where, where are we up to now we headcount we're north of 100 just in London um revenues are always up 20% year on year at any one point you would look at so I think our our UK London only numbers are in you know north of easily north of 10 11 million now um I think our group numbers will be significantly higher than that um our margin is still very strong. Um, we had our a few months ago, we had our highest uh, by revenue and highest by EBITDA uh, margin uh, month uh, ever, um, which made me very happy, helped me pay for my Christmas holiday. Um, so no, numbers are really good. Um, we're, um, I, I don't think W or perhaps some of the rest of the industry have fully experienced the challenges of working in an inflationary market yet and um, i was talking to um someone with a bit more experience of this um, um and, and you know talking about the how you run a business in a high inflation environment and, and I, i'm not sure anyone our age has that experience yet so there's going to come i think some slightly tricky situations where you know that that kind of constant you know clients not putting fees up on an annual basis for two or three years coupled with significant pay rises over a period of time and wanting to keep the team sane. there's going to be some sort of index link conversations on on fees which i think will be uncomfortable and challenging across the whole industry but yeah. by and large uk business is great you know really driven by our, our core consumer brand work um, with people like levi's um but also we had um two divisions which we kind of shuttered during lockdown which was live um, and um, and hospitality, um, and they are you know back in rude health. So that that, that alone is that add an extra you know million million yeah. onto our um, onto our top line. Right. And on the, the M and A front, I was interesting little model you've you've evolved into. Really, you you I know you sort of keep a lookout for for interesting businesses to buy. Is that still something you're you're continuing with? Yeah, very much so. Um, what weirdly was a surprising victim of COVID, actually. We had quite a few deals lined up pre-COVID and people's numbers then collapsed. Um, and then even with, um, you know, some uh, quite quite generous pricing from us, we were reluctant to sell during COVID because they just they couldn't get over the fact that they were selling at the bottom of the market. So, um, 
you, you know, you would think that, that environment would create great buying opportunities, but it, it actually had the opposite effect. What we're seeing now is people coming back to the table with us who feel like they've got their house in order, their business is more robust, and that they're, they're looking to do to do deals again. So we've got one that we're very excited about. There's a few that um, you know we couldn't quite get to work. Um, dealing with, as, as you all know, Ben, dealing with entrepreneurs uh, is often quite challenging. Um, and there's a lot of other pl- um, factors that come into play. Um, and certainly things like, you know, when, when Rishi dropped the entrepreneur's tax relief um, down significantly, that affects our ability to make, you know, the, the, the financial dynamics of deal work properly um, for the seller. Um, but well, there's yeah, some- I, I, there's something we've, we've touched on a bit before in the podcast, you'll, you'll know the ins and outs of that better than most, I suspect. Yeah. Just give us a brief outline of what that means if you're an entrepreneur trying to sell your business. In the old days, uh, you got the first 10 million quid at 10% tax, uh, which meant that you, you know, it was tremendously profitable to sell your business because the, the tax burden was, was very limited. And that included a cash accrued in the business. So in any, um, in any kind of M&A situation, you're looking as much on the tax um, implications for the, um, for the uh, seller um, as you are, because they, they will value your offer based on what they take home from it. Um, and there's a whole bunch of things that come into effect. You know, we, we recently had to put out the deal because one of the founders had too many directors' loans sitting within the business and they would have to be repaid. And so you, you get into what you yeah. think is like purest but, but- thing. We'll buy you for X and then we'll grow your business. But actually, there's a lot of, you know, you then get involved in accountants. So but, but the, that, that, that went that, from 10% of the first... It went from 10 million down to 1 million. Um, and but down to 1 million. So a massive change. Massive change. Yeah. Massive change. And out of the blue, wasn't it? It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of warning. And, and somewhat pointless as you're targeting, uh, you know, value creators um, within the economy. Yeah, there wasn't a corresponding increase in, you know, big, big corporates who don't like to pay their taxes in the UK. So it was a strange thing. And I, I wonder what benefit to the exchequer that they that, that they had um so that's that's really right you know uh, change things okay the um and just looking forward then uh, what gets you excited about the future pr um what what, what, what do you think's coming up that um you start um raising your eyebrows out uh, I think our, our, the industry's continuability to start to compete with ad agencies um, and started to make make content um, that really flies um, is, is an obvious place to be. Um, and I think, you know, you and I have talked in the past about our move into uh, Web3, which we're super excited about. And we're still very much treating that as a an initial agency offer for kind of curious clients, um, but also we're using it as a as an R and D kind of innovation ground for our business itself. Um, yeah, we're currently acquiring plots of land ourselves in um, various metaverses, um, with with a much kind of longer term view on 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 how the whole Web three um, space plays out. I'd so just talk to a bit. I don't want to get too into definitions. We could be here all day, can't we? But what, yeah. are you seeing metaverse and and Web three as as interchangeable terms? Then is that is that and how are you defining each? Uh, good question. So I mean, there are many metaverses, um, and I think Web three is a holdall term for, for for that plus whatever else happens as 
technology evolves um, and, you know, has a feedback loop with, with, with humans. Um, you know, there are various metaverses, be it, you know, Roblox, um, Sandbox, uh, Decentraland, some of which are, you know, active, some of which have been around for years. You know, I mean, I'm sure all of our kids have been playing um, Fortnite for, for some time. That's a great example um, of a metaverse and always a way of explaining to people that are somewhat sceptical about the value of how that might grow. You know, our, our kids had no problem spending hard-earned cash um, on on skins for characters. Um, and, you know, that's, that's you know, a, a lot of these sort of metaverse conversations and even NFT conversations will come out from, you know, will, will really play out when our kids become adults and they're completely, you know, digital first in, in sure. terms of how they how they buy things yeah it's hard-earned hard, our hard-earned cash would be the uh, on the metaverse but um well i'd imagine they'll be spending in due course their hard-earned <laughs> cash is <laughs> be the plan right but go where, where do you see that what's the opportunity for pr firms because i yeah I, I was just looking at i chaired some of the panels for the pr moment um awards the, the other day and it's it's quite interesting some of the work that's coming through on that isn't it but it's it needs to be the work needs to come from a natural place as opposed to be stuck on, doesn't it? A bit of a sticking plaster approach. Kind of. I mean, we're, we're getting we're getting some very basic briefs, um, which is, um, you know, um, a, a private members club called um, Albright, which I'm a, I'm an investor on. They are doing a number of events and initiatives within a within a meta version of themselves. So they need they need to promote that. So and you have to really understand how that works in order to promote it. You know, we're beginning to start signing clients that want to produce NFTs. Um, so we've, we've done them for a number of our um, premium spirits brands um, and we do that design in-house. Um, they're also, you, you know, o- over time, one, once the, the hardware has developed enough that it's, you know, these, these things are a mass market proposition, you know, you'll have people in various metaverses. And so the old, um, you know, the old role of the PR of, of get people to an event will, will, will come into play as well. So I think as technology evolves, We'll find that the the um, the kind of classic PR playbook will still be in rude health. So, is it another channel, the metaverse, or is it a bit more than that? I'm trying to get I'm trying to work it out in my head. I think I think the way we've been looking at it is that I think the technology is still some way off. I think that you know it, it took a sophisticated desktop computer to really bring Web One to life. Um, social media or web two didn't really take off until smartphones. You know, it was quite hard to take your, you know, desktop PC out to photograph your smashed avocado lunch to put on Instagram. But once, once we had smartphones that really evolved and one, once the new generation of hardware, so, so, you know, for one, for things like Oculus, um, I think the real game changer will be when Apple, um, who have a much rumored sort of glasses product, which will be the way that you interact with, with the various metaverses, once they launch and start to have um, adoption, I think we will see scale. But until that, it's a, it's a slightly kind of ac- academic uh, process at the moment. Right. So the opportunities for brands in the metaverse are what? what? What around event building, land buying, grabbing? Uh, what, what other things are, are you see, that, that albeit that we're in the sort of early stages of this? Um, I think, you know, on a on a basic level, it's it's, you know, design, um, you know, experience design. It's physically promoting things that are happening and moving human traffic from one destination to another. 
Um, I think we're we're seeing a lot of clients that are moving into the space, not knowing exactly what they want to do. So from a pure play creative process, helping them figure it out. So what you know, a lot of NFTs being used as uh, I, I guess sophisticated loyalty programs. So you know, if you buy a nft sneaker from from adidas what utilities comes attached to that what what things will get people on, on uh, engaged from a, a long-term perspective so working with them creatively on on those kind of engagement um strategies so a whole range of stuff and i think probably we're only just touching the tip of the iceberg in terms of how it would evolve and i think once once you start seeing more human interaction you'll start to see more and more opportunities but ultimately in the same way that you know you might go to an event just so you can get a picture to put up on the on the gram exactly the same opportunities will happen with virtual events in the um in the metaverse so from an agency offer perspective it's kind of using what you've just said and 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 plugging that in with your people and your clients and finding opportunities is it is that is that in essence what the agency offer looks like currently yeah, exactly. I think we're we're separating two things. So we're having an agency offer that is here to provide um, navigation on on how to promote things that they're already doing and 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 help. So some some creators have come to us, be it you know writers, musicians, or artists who have decided to um, uh, re- reissue some of their original work with a view to, um, creating new revenue streams and creating new, new, new means of, of, of digitizing their, um, their IP. So they're coming to us with advice on how do they do that? How do they broker deals? How do they promote it? So, you know, m- much more of a kind of commercial aspect through to what we're doing on the other hand, which, which is we are having a much more commercial sort of, I guess, venture fund where we're looking at what we, how we invest our own money with a view to the, the return being us generating better IP and, and probably getting a, 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 a better first mover advantage in terms of having a more fundamental understanding of how this is going to work, how it will not only affect brands, but how it affects consumer behaviour. Brilliant. Warren Johnson, MD and founder of W Communications. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Ben. Nice to have you. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.